0: When I'm away, Pastor Noah, pinch hits. And I appreciate Pastor Noah. I'm not here usually, I'm away somewhere and, and he's uh, uh, filling in most appropriately. And I never get to hear and see and sit and and just be able to be his cheerleader because he helps me out. And I appreciate that very much. And I thought he's worthy of an introduction because he never gets a great, I don't know, maybe he gets a good one, but usually when I'm gone, I don't know how sometimes all that works. But I thought he was worthy of an introduction. Don't you think Pastor Noah is worthy of an introduction? Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. Sure, he ought to be honored, sure. We do appreciate him. Um, I, I don't know how many years ago it was. Now it had to have been probably six years or so. Legacy was just on the front end, and and uh, Noah came in and checked us out, and and came for a service or two or three, and and then I think in his own testimony said it was a little intense for him, and uh, wasn't with us for a while, but the Spirit of the Lord drew him back, and uh, he obeyed that that drawing, and came. WTMA. Oh, is that how you heard of us? Through W. That's right. I remember that. Now you heard me pontificating on WTMA, and I think it was Nita. Your mom said maybe. Yeah, your mom said uh, you maybe need to check this out. So he came and and landed and 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 let me just tell you, this is great advertising. He he landed here and found his wife, Kelly Mecklemary Pruitt. See, you'll follow God, you'll find a good godly spouse and, and, uh, and literally, uh, although I, I, I knew his dad, um, Gary, and, and Gary was a great guy, and I know you loved him a lot, Noah, and I would never presume uh, to even think of replacing your dad, such a good guy. Uh, but in some ways, uh, spiritually, I, I feel like we've connected almost like a, a father and a son. And uh, while we honor uh, the memory of your dad, I, I do in, in, in those sort of thoughts feel of you as an extension uh, of of not just the ministry, but really the the spiritual legacy. And uh, both Noah and Kelly have been just faithful and loyal, and, and even through bumpy times have just been firm in their rudder, in their uh, attachment. And so I cannot tell you as a pastor how much that means to me. And I can tell you and assure you that God will bless all that you sowed and all that you've done. He will bless you immensely. I know he already has, but uh, I'll just prophesy more to come. Amen. So I know you've already stood, but why don't you stand again and just give Noah some love as he comes and shares with us tonight. Pastor Noah.
1: I'm going to take this in. Thank you, Pastor. And you know, I've often said that I see you as, as my spiritual dad and you know, there is no replacement for an earthly father, but I thank you for the dad that you've been to me. Wow. Um, as we were worshiping today, I was a little caught off guard. I never really had the opportunity to preach while pastor's sitting in. Can, can you move to the back? <laughs> no, no, no. But, uh, that's right, that's right. Well, I'm glad everybody was able to make it tonight. I know that the Lord is doing uh, a wonderful work in the earth right now, and I've been kind of catching the brainwaves. You know, he sends out, you know, you know when you're in God's will, when you, when something's in your spirit and you just see it coming from other angles, you hear other people talking about it, you turn on the radio, it's on the radio, you know, you watch, oh, provided you're listening to Christian radio, um, you're watching, you know, tell evangelists, and you're opening the word and stuff's just jumping out at you and you can just sense that the spirit's moving. And he put this message on me Um, And I'm glad that you gave me the opportunity to share. And I just hope he lets me get through it all because uh, he has a tendency to take me off into other arenas as we're speaking. But I just wanted to um, start by sharing. And Matt, you can go ahead and and throw that up there. But uh, this has been what the Lord has been dealing with me about personally. And I know that uh, whenever I come to share, the best preaching that I can do is from my own personal experiences. And being that God has been working with me on this, I just know that there's a lot of men and women both in here that are are needing to hear a word. Pastor often teaches about the word of God as a paradox. And as I've been reading more and more in the scriptures, I see more and more of these paradoxically moving messages that are just speaking to me And one thing that I've been struggling with personally, and I know as a man this is just something we go through, but is control. And just recently we were away um, to Myrtle Beach, and the pastor was sharing about uh, Acts chapter 4. Don't do it yet, Matt, but I'll get to that in just a minute. Um, And the Lord just spoke to me about what it looks like to transfer control and what a stir that can create. And as I've been meditating on that, it's, he's really been showing me that I haven't been relinquishing control to him in all areas of my life. And there's a lot of big issues on the horizon for me in our household that have really been causing me to kind of take the bull by the horns and make some things happen. And um, I run my own business, and as a business owner, you're always thinking of new witty ideas to to get your name out there and to market to the people who you need to market to and you know, we're dealing with profit margins and, you know, whether or not you're going to be open these holidays or close those. There's all these natural decisions that you make, but we've got to keep things in perspective. So, we're, the angle that I'm coming from tonight is to really open your eyes to even the minute details in your life, the decisions that happen on a moment to moment basis that really shape and form your life, because it, our life is really a culmination of all these little decisions that we make. So we consider the, the, the leaving of our lives, you know, the dying daily that Paul tells us to do. And the only way that we can really take control of our lives is by really truly admitting that we're not in control. And that's the paradox. Because, I mean, isn't that, isn't that a marvel to think that the only way to gain true control, God's control of your life, is to just relinquish it to him? Peace of mind comes from accepting that we're not in control. But instead, it comes from aligning ourselves to God's will in our lives. And, Pastor, you mentioned that. I didn't know if you took a peek at my notes or what, but he, you said, you know, tonight we want to get in your will, Lord. We want to be aligned with what it is that you're doing. And as you said that, I was thinking there was another confirmation. It's just one of those things, and I know that that's, this is probably Christianity 101, and we, we hear of these things often, but for you to choose those words tonight was, was pretty incredible. David in Psalm 143, I marvel at at his place in here. Now, I'm just going to give you a, a little bit of background. I'm not going to go through all of the Psalm, but he was fleeing from uh, his son Absalom. And if you recall, um, Absalom was upset at his dad because Tamar was raped and his dad didn't do anything about it. So Absalom's really pretty ticked off and was after him. And, um, In Psalm 143, we get to kind of get a little bit of insight as to what David was going through internally and how he was processing the feelings that he was having. And it's a lot like situations in our lives. And I took a few things that really spoke to me. And that first was that he began the day fully convinced of God's goodness. And I know that, when I'm going through a trial, and I know that you guys can attest to this as well, the morning after, you know, you wake up and it's still there. And oftentimes, it's real difficult for us to come to that place of of just awe in God. Like when things are going really well, you know, you just got the winning lottery ticket yesterday. You wake up today thinking, "All right, this is going to be a you know there's a there's a filling, there's a, an excitement to face the day." But we're in when we're in challenge or In David's case, being chased and our life is being sought after, for him to wake up and to immediately go into the presence of God with a sense of peace, convinced of God's kindness, his faithfulness, every single day. And he continued to grow in his understanding of God's will. He asked him for deliverance from all his enemies. And for me, my enemies would be the sins that so easily beset me. That will come my way, and they're always on our on our trail, hot on our trail. But most of all, he had the courage to yield to God's will for his life. That is challenging. By relinquishing control, we placed our destiny in God's hands. I mean, if you can really fathom the the the, the weight of that that when you place it in God's hands, and I, I called Brad or texted Brad yesterday and asked him to play that song, that the second worship song that we play tonight, that he'll never let go. Because there's times when we're, you know, in every high and every low and, and through, the, through the storms, you know, there's certain times when we've got to be reassured to know that God will never let go. And when you're relinquishing control, you, you've got to have that sense in your spirit that God, you're in God's hands. And so long as we're doing it with a joyful heart and we have the right attitude about it, He's going to be in control. He's going to lead us into his will and his purpose for our life. And it doesn't get any better than that. This is where we need to dwell. I liken it to a car that's out of alignment, which is why I entitled today's message what it is. But our minds, our very carnal minds, tend to have the ability to pull our spirituality out of alignment with God's will, or our life out of alignment of God's will, just by the power of our mind. That's why it's so important that we get a renewing of our mind on a regular basis and come into these services, being around brothers and sisters in Christ, coming Sunday morning, Wednesday night, you know, Tuesday prayer time, Iron Man, late Women of Power, all these all these, these things, just what they do is it's like a recalibration or realigning of our spirits when we're around the, the Word of God and the people of God that can encourage us and, and build us up. The only way we can correct the misalignment is to, to look at life through spiritual lenses. Now, pastor, I don't even know if you remember that you taught this. Well, I'm sure you do. But uh, there there comes a time when we need to take off what or I might just say, as I'm looking out there right now, everybody's really fuzzy. And this is, a, this is how I spent a lot of life, looking at things that just don't really take on much shape. But when we submit to God's will, and we put on our spiritual lenses, we can see clearly. But see, that, that's a metaphor, and it's, it teaches really easily to just, oh, that's easy, I could do that. See, but that requires a lot of discipline. That requires a lot of understanding. It requires a seeking of God's face on a regular basis on your own terms and on your own time. Getting before the Lord raw, without music, without without pastor preaching at you, telling you this is what you've got to do, this is how you've got to do it, but this is where you come to a place, and God will give you a new set of eyes to be able to see his will for your life. They've got this commercial out. It's some investment company that they have the green arrow, and they just shoot. And you know, if you just follow the the green arrow, you'll get to where you, you know your success financially. God's perpetually placing that arrow before us, but we can't see it. It's just something that we you know we've got to come into. That wasn't in my notes at all, but that's that was pretty good. Pretty good. I like that. All right. But um, we got to realize that. In those times, and I was talking to Chris just yesterday about times, Chris is my brother, by the way, there's times that I get frustrated. You know, I grew up with a temper problem. I just, I got got issues with that. I'd left that on the cross, and I experienced a freedom, a deliverance from temper tantrums. Now, did that eliminate frustrating happenstance in my life? You know, banging your toe on something that makes you want to say something you ought not say? Or trying to fit the round peg in a square hole there's certain times in your life where you're going to experience really frustrating circumstances and it's in those individual moments that you you really recalibrate you set your mind on the things of Christ and he can he can put you in that place where you will exercise his will for your life even in that little moment that insignificant moment but he can put you in that place and I know being a being a carpenter Jesus was a carpenter. He knows a lot about what I go through, but I don't care if you're an accountant or if you're working at black bot dealing with problems all day long, Brad, and uh, you've got people calling you to, to, to fuss and you know, you get in these precarious positions where you just want to lash out, that's where you take and you get in alignment with God's will for your life. And if you know who He is, and you know that He'll never let you go, even in those circumstances, you can be victorious. David was praying for comfort and guidance and for deliverance. So often we find ourselves going to God with our troubles and, and as if he doesn't know them already. But he wants us to come to him, but mainly for deliverance and guidance, not just to be laid upon. It's an acting out. When we ask him for something, there's typically going to be a follow-up that we've got to do in order to comply with the answering of that prayer. He prays that he might be enlightened with the knowledge of God's will. David prayed that God would be well pleased with him and that he would tell him so. I think of the prayer of Jabez when we, we read that, we want you know such an encouraging prayer to be enlarged in our territory just to give us more influence, and, and that's all great. But are we in, if we're not in alignment with God's will, none of that's going to make much positive impact. If you're like me, I don't always just want to know what God's will is. I want to know how to do it. You know. So what does this mean for us? Well, as we consider the places that we go in life, and I mean physically, whether it's going to the mall, um, if you have friendships that you're embracing, your, your, your the languages that you're using, the shows that you're watching, the books that you're reading – the thoughts that you have in your head, all of these have to be come in line with with God's will. We don't always think about it in this fast-paced culture. You know, we allow that we compromise so frequently just because of convenience or because hey, it's you know everybody's doing it. So you know, I remember The Simpsons. It's a cartoon. I think they were the ones to to break the the ceiling off of vulgarity on daytime television. You know, Bart Simpson started saying things that, and all of a sudden, and then it was, I can't believe they're saying this, but today it's commonplace, and people just accept it because it's what it is. But there's an importance to the things that we do every single day. When we consider the choices that we're going to make and the people that we're going to hang out with, the time that we're going to spend, what effect it's going to have, what we want to accomplish in our lives, the decisions that we make concerning everyday choices, either they're going to help us or hinder us in obtaining the will that God has created us for. I was talking to Forrest just earlier, and I've come to a realization that, and I've known this through teaching, but God created me for something. And I'm supposed to be doing it. Kelly's been burdened here recently Um, she's been reading a book called Radical and it's, it's pretty over the edge I mean it's radical but it's been challenging me as she's been sharing with me about how I'm living how radical am I for Christ and now I'm not here to push everybody over the edge tonight but I certainly want to cause you to start to think about some things you are fearfully and wonderfully made God has created each and every one of us to fulfill His divine purpose in the earth. When we come into realization with that, it kind of takes the mundane details of our lives, and they they really just kind of fade into nothing, unless they're in line with what God is doing for you, or with you. I want us to contemplate tonight, and it's my desire that we all walk away from here rethinking how we do life. Reconsidering the little things that we do every single day and whether or not they're guiding us into God's likeness. I know this last week has been extremely, well, the last two weeks have been extremely busy for me. And,
0: uh yeah,
1: yeah. And, uh just speaking to some guys coming in here tonight. You know, I hear people saying, Man, we've been working ten hours every single day and we just got off of work. We just got here. We didn't get off till late last night. We started early this morning and it's just busy, 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 busy. We can easily get off track with what God's trying to do in our lives if we allow the busyness of our lives. And a lot of these things are important. And I'm not saying that we're in sin simply because we're busy. But we've got to evaluate the the I just know that the enemy is in the earth right now trying to keep us busy. If he can keep us off the focus of what God is trying to do in our lives and what God's trying to do through your family's life and through your friend's life, the impact that you could have on them if we were to just slow down and take into consideration the vein that God has laid before us that we can get in and make an impact in people's lives, we've got to really consider these things. I spoke a few messages ago on living deliberately. And I keep coming back to this. When we wake up each morning... We should have a plan. We should, we should go into our life deliberately, taking into consideration what God has done for us on the cross and what kind of impact we can have. More thought needs to be put into the movies that we watch, I'm telling you. More discernment needs to be put in who we have as close friends. Holiness and purity has got to flow from our hearts and minds. We're never going to be able to live out our God-given purposes if we remain in the stream of the current culture. We've got to break out of this, guys. We need to be different in the best way. And this is the exciting part about being a Christian, that we're called to be different. We're called to swim upstream against what modern-day culture would have us do. Not so much different in the way we look, but different in the choices that we make. Our lives have got to be aligned to God's will. And in that, will be different. Isaiah reminds us that, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. By choosing to follow Jesus and living according to God's plan, we're going to be different because God's ways are different than the world's ways, but in the best way. I find myself... When I have a message like this I ask the Lord please Father put a put a joyful spin on it in my spirit because it is a joyous topic but there is a sense of urgency that presses in my spirit whenever I want to talk to you guys about the the, the simplicity of the word of God and I sense that God's he's irritated with the fact that we've lost the simplicity of his word and we get so complex in we in our doctrine in our bible studies and we have we're, we're studying We're doing book studies and 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 getting away from the Word of God, but rather and there's nothing wrong with Joyce Meyer, but there's more Joyce Meyer Bible studies than I believe that there are groups gathering together to just have a Bible study. Let's get in God's Word and let's not read a spin off of that from what you know so and so has to say, but get back to the crux and and to the simplicity of God's Word. In Acts four that I brought up earlier. Peter and John were thrown in jail because they chose. Now, let me put this in a context. Before Jesus came, you understand that the culture for the Jews was set by the law. And there were the Pharisees and Sadducees that were empowered by the law. And while they enforced the law, they didn't necessarily live the law in their hearts. They might have done good religious things, but they had a, they had this, this sense of control of, over the people because of the law. Well, Jesus came that he might fulfill the law, and in doing so, he freed us from the bondage of the law. But yet we fell under the law of love, which as we operate in the law of love, all the other laws fulfilled subsequently. You following me? And so here you have Peter and John in Jesus' name, declaring and teaching the word of God in Jesus' name. And there's, they're healing people, and the, the power of God is on them. Well, the Sadducees didn't like this, and some other high up in that era. But because here's what happened: what's happening. The name of Jesus is very powerful because it supersedes the law. The control that's being held by the Sadducees and Pharisees and the, the spiritual dictators of that time is now stripped from them. There is no power in what they say anymore. It's all transferred to the name of Jesus. And we live in that time now. You understand? We live on that side of the cross where the the power of the cross is what does the work. And as we fall under the control of Jesus Christ and his grace and his mercy and his teachings and the love that he expressed to us as, as we live that out, ultimately our control... If we lay down our lives, we shift the control over and it stirs something in the spiritual realm and in the physical as well. Control was being transferred that day from the Sadducees to Jesus' name. And all of a sudden, it created a stir, so much so that they were thrown in jail. As if that weren't enough, 5,000 men came to Christ as a result. That just doesn't make sense. Why are people getting behind something that could get them thrown in prison. It's just, it's a paradox. But the fact is that it's the power of Jesus Christ and the name therein that has the power to to fix anything in your life and in others. And here's the thing is we're disciples. We're called to win souls and make disciples, to preach the gospel and make disciples of the nations. There's a lot of self-help teachings and, and tactics and the, the five steps to discipleship and, you know, how to throw the biggest, um, you know, set up the biggest mega church and throw the biggest conference. But none of that does anything if it's not fueled by the will of God. There's a call on the church today to fall in line with His will, not just speaking about our nation, which is obviously way off the beaten path, but for us as individuals to get in His will. We need to see victory in Christians' lives, now. And that's going to come from a sacrifice that we make as individuals to understand his will. And his will is not going to be, while pastor is, is, he's preaching it straight and he's getting it direct from the word of God and from the Holy Spirit, his preaching is not going to fix you. It's only you getting in line with the word of God for yourself that will create that path for you to walk in. As we follow Jesus, our priorities change. In uh, Luke 9:57 through 62, if you throw that up, Matt, this is something that always, every time I think in, in terms of walking with Christ, and and asking the Lord to give me someone that maybe I can minister to and to see discipled, I always get this in my spirit. It says, uh, this is Luke recording an encounter that he he's had with people, but he says, now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him. Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. That's encouraging. So then Jesus said to another, Follow me. And he said, Lord, um, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said, Then let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. I I, I fear that the American church is on this road where everybody wants to be a Christian and there's this, I don't remember the, the statistics, but a lot of Americans claim to be Christian. But when asked to follow him, we have excuses. You know, I don't want to lose this many. You know, I built, I've worked hard to build this megachurch. I don't want to lose so many people just to, to preach the word of God. You know, there's a, it's hard. And in that song we were singing, it just reignited in my spirit that in every high and every low, through the calm and through the storm, we, if we have a true realization that as we're in God's will, that He will not let us go, then it doesn't matter, and it shouldn't matter. We're watching our our country go to Gehenna in a handbasket because we're scared of following Jesus. Everybody needs to go back. Hold hold on. Let me just let me just get through this fiscal year, and we'll get right on it. I'll preach that message, but we don't really get a lot of tithing on that day, so let me let me wait till next week and we'll let the holy spirit move but i need this income so i'm preaching on prosperity today we don't have that problem in this church but and i'm just i'm speaking of the church at large jesus made it clear that his priorities are different than the priorities of other people the priorities of uh, that we have aren't necessarily always sinful but if they cause us to not be able to make a full commitment to Christ, then we've got to reevaluate where we are. The kingdom of God is not about houses, jobs, and families. It's not about toys. It's not even about relationships with each other. It's about what Jesus has asked us to do. And it's very clear what he's asked us to do. If you can read, then you've got the answer. If you spent any time in church, you heard it. We've got to be able to change from what we believe to be important to what Jesus says is important, and that's our struggle today, folks. The entire scope of our lives need to be aligned with God's will, the entire scope, from every decision that we make that's exactly how Jesus lived his life. Yeah. Now, none of us are perfect, but we need to be making that attempt. It's hard to give up control of our lives and surrender. Yet yeah, the way to discover true life is to really put our lives in, in, in His alignment. We're never gonna experience true prosperity, true joy, lasting, eternal, lasting joy, peace, comfort. All of these things we so long for on this earth, we're never gonna find it truly until we fall in line with His will. Do you realize, and I know, I know you do, that we, we have the ability to manifest miracles in our midst. Do you realize the power that we possess as followers of Christ Jesus?
0: We have the ingredients
1: to not only what this nation needs, but what the world needs. We have the cure to every trouble, every sickness, In Christ Jesus, in Him, and in His Word. I mean, it's right there at our fingertips, easily at our disposal.
0: When we're in here
1: on a Sunday morning and we're in worship and we're deep, you know, you're about midway through the second song, you know the third one's going to be just, hmm. And there's this feeling that arises in you even tonight on a Wednesday night, midweek service to come out. And I know so many of us are just tired and dragging. We've had a long week. We've got, we're just over the hump. But yet to come in and get in the presence of God, you get invigorated. You just get that zeal back and it, it just feel, it just enlivens you. Being in God's sovereign will, will do that for you any day of the week, anytime. We serve a marvelous God. We serve a wondrous God. He, uh, He wants to do so much with us, through us, if we would just get a get a glimpse of what it looks like to serve Him truly, wholeheartedly. I know we're coming to the to a close, and if we could, musicians, I know I'm throwing a curveball at you, but I want to get that last song. You're welcome, Brad. Um, if we could just, I want to go out of here with a bang tonight because I want us to get, I want us to get a, a revelation again on a Wednesday night of the victory that we have in Christ Jesus. Pastor just finished a series on the fact that we win. And I do not want us to neglect, and this is, I'm just going to throw this devil under the bus right now. There has been an enemy in the camp that has wanted to cause and stir up division amongst the brethren. And I know that it's not isolated to this church. With all that's going on in the spiritual realm and all of the, the victory that we are on the brink of, there's, there's a stirring taking place. That division is wanting to, to come into the, to the, to the camp. And I just want to rebuke that right now in Jesus' name and to remind you all that we are family in Christ Jesus. When we come together on a, on a meeting like this, I just picture us back when Jesus was, was walking the earth he would have camp meetings on a regular basis. They weren't structured, organized, you know, you get the email, maybe you can show up if you can get somebody, you know, babysitter to watch the kids and, you know, people didn't necessarily concern themselves with all the busyness in their life. We're always gonna be busy, get over it. There's always gonna be something else that you can be doing and no church, Legacy church, this building, is not all that there is in the kingdom of heaven. Absolutely not. But it's times that we come together like this, th- that our, that the tuning takes place in our spirit. That we allow ourselves to become realigned. I can't count how many times I've not wanted to be in the house of God. And my wife drugged me in. Not really. But there's been so many times that I just, I'm tired. I don't feel real good. I've got this thing... All right, and I get in, and, and but the spirit of the Lord starts to stir in the house, and it's like, whoo! What was I thinking? What was I thinking? And it's only at that moment that you get the revelation. But it's because of His presence, and we can access that. It doesn't have to take place in this building. But I want to re- reaffirm those of you who make so many sacrifices. So you've laid down the life that you could be living so that you can be here on a Wednesday night and on a Sunday morning. The Lord affirms the sacrifice monetarily, relationally, all of those things that you had to give up. He knows. But it is not for nothing please understand that this is this is how we get aligned with Jesus Christ by hearing the word of God preached by allowing the Holy Spirit to stir using our brothers and sisters to speak into our lives our pastors and it's times like these when we need to allow the Holy Spirit to get in and mess with us and get our hearts right and on course charted just where he has us directed and walk it out when we leave here I don't even know where I want you to start, but just, everyone let's stand.